quick warning that this episode contains discussions of sexual violence, probably violence against cats, violence against trolls, and smokers in general. Welcome to the return slot of horror. A podcast set in the basement of a video store much like the one from your youth. A place where Mickey, Marika, and Michelangelo hang out after hours, talk about horror films, and can't seem to agree on much, other than their love for the genre. So grab a drink, be careful on the stairs, and don't be the last one left in the basement at the end of the night. <laughs> Hello, listener, and welcome to the return slot of horror. We are three friends who own and operate a video rental store. We have a kick-ass, kind of scary basement with an old comfy couch, a big television, and tons of ways to play our movies. You name it, we got it. Laserdisc, DVD, VHS, Blu-ray, 35mm, etc., etc. We like to hang out after hours in the basement after a long hard shift pop popcorn burn incense have a drink or two watch and talk about the genre we love so much horror now if you've never had the pleasure of going to an independent video store you'll know that sometimes it could be difficult to find a movie not only because we want to hang out and talk movies with you but because things aren't put into regular sections like horror comedy etc you need to put aside some serious time to find what you're looking for because everything's in subsections that might not make sense to you but make complete sense to the three of us trust us we spent a lot of time of which i can assure you is extremely productive figuring out where to put films like eyes without a face right now we're watching and talking about movies from uh the section in our video store called child fright what movies would be in this section one might ask well if you listen to the previous episode you will know that monster squad would fall under this category and if you're listening tonight then you know we will be discussing marika's pick from the Child Fright section in our video store, 1985's Cat Eye, also known as Stephen King's Cat Eye. It's an anthology horror film directed by Louis Teague, produced by Dino and Martha De Laurentiis. Music by Alan Silvestri, written by the master himself, Stephen King. The three stories, Quitters Inc., The Ledge, and General, are adaptations from King's 1978 Night Shift collection. The third is unique to the film. These three stories are connected by a cat that travels from Maine to New York to Atlantic City to Wilmington, North Carolina, where the film was actually shot. Now, before we get started and dive into this movie that Marika picked, what are we all drinking tonight? Is it cat's eye or cat eye? Cat's eye. Cat's eye. Did I say cat eye? Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Everything else was so well done until you get to the actual name of the movie. And I screwed it up. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We don't strive for perfection. No, no. And and, and I'll, I'll warn you right now. I'm also going to uh, like not pronounce anyone's name correctly, character or the actors, probably. Um, but but uh, thank you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mickey, what are you drinking? <laughs> so so I actually have four drinks. Jeez. Whoa, I thought I was going to beat everyone out because I have three drinks myself, but you have four. Okay, cool. I, I've got my coffee here just in case I need a little, you know, pick me up. I've got how my... Do you, how uh, do you like our coffee? How do you like your coffee? For the uh, I drink my coffee black and um, I, I'm, right now I did it in like, um, you know, I grind my own beans. 
and nice. uh, usually with an AeroPress. Uh, this particular nice. one Me too. was not done with an AeroPress, but but normally I would do it with an AeroPress. Um, uh, so yeah, so that's that's that. Uh, I also have my handy like I, I was went bicycling before we got on this, and I've got my bicycle water still left over in my little actual bicycle little you know thing that I can squirt. One of those. Yeah, you can do one of those where you're just like, yeah. <laughs> Podcasting, high impact sport. I also, <laughs> I also have a hard seltzer here called a fruit smash. This is uh, what I'll be digging into later. It's the new Belgian uh, hard seltzers. I've gotten into seltzers lately because I'm trying to you know work on the work on the bod, trying not to you know put on too many of the carbs and the cows. But um, but definitely the new Belgian fruit smash has just got those. Going to try that out. But then the actual drink of the night is is <laughs> a bourbon. With bada bing cherries, I don't know if you're familiar with bada bing cherries. No. What are bada bing cherries? It's called Tilt, Tilton Farms. They're like um, American versions of the amarino cherry, um, uh, a little bit larger than a than a maraschino cherry. Uh, very delicious, very nice uh, sweetness to them. But you just drop them in your bourbon, and by the time you finish your bourbon, you you eat the cherry, and it is the most delicious bourbon soaked cherry you've ever had in your life bada bing cherries I'm telling you go out buy them they don't sponsor us but bada bing cherries they're delicious man that sounds amazing marika what are you having tonight um well tonight's signature cocktail um is it's called a non-violent um and it's for those days where you want to have a drink <laughs> but maybe you don't want something too strong so it's it's non-violent on your body um so there are two options uh, of how to make it but basically you've got frozen strawberries some fresh basil sparkling water and then your two options are you can either put fregoli which is a strawberry liqueur so then you've got the frozen strawberries and the strawberry liqueur but it's 15 percent, mm. so you know not too intense or the other option is to go with like a strawberry syrup thing. That's the non-alcoholic version. But the uh, the strawberries and the basil and the sparkling water is a nice, refreshing summer non-violent beverage. That sounds amazing and refreshing. Mm-hmm. We're very fruity today. Yeah. Are you fruity, Michelangelo? Kind of. I'm. Uh, so I'm having uh, uh, unprocessed wine. Uh, there is this uh, a vineyard uh, uh, my partner Allie and I like to go to. You can't you can't order this stuff. You have to go to their vineyard to get it because it's unprocessed. They can't ship it. And if you are a person who's had the uh, uh, opportunity to travel around the world and you've been to places like Italy where they have like house wine in places where it's it's like it tastes like grapes. It doesn't taste like all of the complex things, right? It just tastes like grapes and you don't feel hung over the next day because like there's not a bunch of sugar and sulfites in it. Um, so I'm having that. And then I'm also having some uh, uh, liquid death sparkling uh, mountain uh, spring water, which I love. We're not sponsored by them, but please send us as much product as you'd like. Liquid death feels like it should be a sponsor of the show. Yeah, right. I've seen them make a push on social media to to the, like the horror crowds. They, they they've they've done some new art to incorporate like you know uh, uh, strong influences from like Friday the Thirteenth and things like that. I mean, I'm sure our our impressive audience numbers will definitely get them on board. Yes, yes. Um, so 
Let's talk about a movie. You picked Cats. I certainly did. Eye. Cats Eye. Also known, I certainly did. Also known as Stephen King's Cats Eye. Uh, why? Why this one out of the section? Mm, it's one of those movies that I remember from when I was a kid, and then doing the math, realized that it's another one of those movies that I watched when I was way too young. Because I believe it's a mm. it's a PG thirteen maybe now. I don't know if they were rated back then, but anyway. So I would have seen this movie when I was about seven, six or seven. And it definitely left an indelible mark on my psyche. <laughs> Specifically, the third of the three stories, obviously. Mm, yes. Um, so, but that's, it's, it's one that I hadn't seen. I've seen it once and it, it's when I was a kid. And I hadn't seen it again until just now. So I wanted to see it again. I wanted to see if my my memory of it was correct. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I wanted to see how I would feel about it a number of years later now that I am a grown adult. So that's why I picked it. And I wanted to take you along for the ride. Uh, Mickey, do you also have a, a childhood connection to, to uh, Cat's Eye? So I don't. I, I going into it, I thought I'd never seen it, and then when I started watching it, I realized I was familiar with the James Woods story. I maybe some of kind of what Marika brought to Monster Squad, having seen it as an adult and not having the feelings as a kid. I can bring that to the conversation. Which awesome. I'm about. I never saw this as a kid, as 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 you you probably know from the Monster Squad episode. I wasn't into horror as a kid because Monster Squad terrified me. Um, uh, so I watched this for the first time actually a year and a half ago and can't believe it had taken me so long to watch it because I love anthology horror films and I really love this one. Um, I loved it so much. I, I already owned, I read a ton of Stephen King um, and I owned Night Shift. So I read Quitters Inc. and The Ledge and uh then was excited would you pick this film to watch it like again after reading the two short stories um and there's like a difference in one of them that i want to talk about but i don't want to get into the minutia of like the book for like that's not really what this this whole thing is going to be a, our, our thing is about um but there is one thing that was interesting uh i thought but um so i guess let's let's dive into the movie marika what was it like what was it like? I mean, was there a lot? Did you have a lot of uh, trepidation uh, in like watching this again because of the the market left on you? Um, no, I was I was all I remembered from this movie was the third story. What do you remember the name of the third story? Because it's Quitters Inc. Yeah, it's called General. General. Uh, so that was definitely General. the mm -hmm. one part that I wanted to see because it's the only part that I remembered. So I was glad to to that that one was the last one. I also found that it was I personally found it to be the better of the three stories. All perhaps because I have that memory of it and it's been in the back of my mind since I was 6. But <clears throat> I didn't yeah, I didn't remember any of the first two stories. So it was kind of nice to to see those two. But then when the third one started, I was like, oh, my God, I remember this <laughs> so clearly. Like the when the 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 gnome dude, the it's not a gnome. It's um, 
troll. It's a troll. It's listed as a troll. When the troll is on her chest and you see the little, like, you see him breathing in her air and you see, like, that animation of the breath. I was like, oh, my God, that was it. That was the thing that, that I remember seeing. And I don't even remember how... It's kind of like the first horror movie I I saw. It had to have been in someone else's house, and it had to have been without my parents' knowledge, because my parents hate horror movies. They do not. We never watched horror movies at my house. So it's one of those things where I was like, "Who's showing me this movie when I was seven? <laughs> like, what is this?" And it's probably like my parents had friends who had kids who were older than me, or like my sister's age or older than me. So I assume that's. But I'm realizing that that has now happened twice. <laughs> where I was way too young and watching yeah. horror movies with like older kids. Yeah. Was your sister involved in this? I don't think so. When I was watching it, the, the, like one of my immediate thoughts while watching Quitter's Inc. When they're talking about like, you know, num- like round number three is we rape your wife. I was like, what is Marika's parents doing? What are they doing? I was like, it makes no <laughs> sense. I was like, it makes no sense for young Marika to watch this. And then, but then when I got to general, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wait, you know what? If no. the whole anthology or the whole movie had just been general, it's a total kids like, uh, like horror film adventure, labyrinthy kind of like, you know, whole thing. Yeah. So I, I, I do want to, at some point, I do want to talk about like how all three films yeah. have their own kind of like thing. But definitely general, I was like, oh, that does feel kind of like a kid's like horror film, but the rest of it, I was like sitting there. I was like, why is Marika watching this at such a young age? This can, she cannot connect to this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but and that, that, that may be why I don't remember it because I wouldn't have understood Quitter's Inc. as a, as a child. Like I would have heard the words yeah. obviously and understood like, oh, he's trying to quit. But mm. then there's so much like adult content and it's not particularly like overtly violent or overtly you know what i mean like it's not people getting their heads chopped off like that i probably would have remembered but it's a very like oh we're following you and he's paranoid and so like as a kid you can't really connect to that or at least i as a kid i couldn't connect to that so i assume that's why i don't remember there is also the possibility that we didn't watch the first two and that whoever was showing me this movie showed me the last one because yeah. that's the really cool one for kids mm-hmm. right well f- for kids <laughs> air quotes yeah. for kids well, you're what's interesting is is you're not the only person i've heard this from i know so many people who were like saw this as a kid don't remember the first two segments only remember the last segment i th- and i think that's because mm-hmm. it y- you identify with it because it's yeah. a kid and it's a really good kid. Drew Barrymore is awesome in this movie. Adorable. Such a good kid actor. My gosh. Um, um, and it's just funny that, yes, adorable. Um, maybe not so good in the section where she's playing a mentally handicapped person, uh, but uh, not her fault. Um, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but uh uh yeah it's just really interesting how like every like I, I anybody who saw this movie as a kid remembers that section remembers the stealing of the breath and the troll yeah and it left a terrible mark on them the worst part is that yes there is this idea that there's a troll that comes out of your wall at night and steals your breath and he's you know bad dude but then there's also the the underlying thing that is cats steal your breath when you're sleeping so even if you don't believe in trolls 
you're like, wait, what? Cats will steal my breath while I'm asleep? And that, like, that's the thing that stuck with me. I was like, something's going to come and steal my breath while I'm sleeping. That's just, it's inevitable. There are too many things that steal your breath while you're sleeping. So you, you fucked. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll tell you something else this this film does. And and I, so I'll just be quite honest. I'm sure I'm going to offend a lot of people when I say this. I, I'm not a cat fan. I don't like cats. I don't want a cat. I don't ever have a desire to, to own a cat. I had some when I was a kid. I killed a couple. They, not on purpose, on accident, but I just, I. <laughs> what? We're going to, we're going to circle back this. to that, but go oh. on. No, no, no. We'll circle back. We'll circle back. Hold no, on. no. Just explain right now. I had, a, I had a cat named Smoke. She used to follow me everywhere. I did love her very much. Uh, we had a swinging screen door that was really like fast and violent swinging back and forth. And I said, come on, Smoke. And I swung open the screen door and it caught her in the neck. <gasps> and she died immediately. Um, so, so Jesus, I man. Can't, You're, you just, Jesus. I can't, I can't be around cats. I don't want to own one. I don't want near, one near <laughs> me. I just don't, can't do it. But this movie... I think you like cats. I just think something really bad happened to you when you were a kid and you built up some walls. Is it because you're afraid you'll kill them? Let's not unpack all that right now. <laughs> Mickey, you, you're, glossing, you're glossing over this, man. You cannot bring something like My this. My point is ready. that he's watching not, this he's movie... He's not ready to talk about it. So quickly. It was a good cat. We got to talk about this cat. Was this... Did you have this cat? Was, was Smokey around the same... Was Smokey around the same time as your... Like, what was your kick-ass dog's name? My dog's name was Dolly, but I didn't get her till I was ten. Smoke was before that. Okay, okay, yeah. But Dolly was with me till I was twenty. You remember from our last episode, Dolly? Yeah, Dolly was yeah. awesome. Sounds Dolly like. is awesome. No, no, no. That was Wolf. You're talking about the the German Shepherd that followed me around. That was Wolf. Wolf. Ah, yes, Wolf. Whole point being that this movie actually made me feel like and think that cats were cats were okay. Oh, good. I'm glad we could reconcile that. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think I had a moment I was watching. I was like, you know what? These cats aren't all bad. And I mean, to be fair, that cat is really cute. He's a good cat actor. I tried looking up who the cat was, General, and I couldn't find the name of the cat because General was played by 12 different cats uh -huh. by a team of five people. Jeez. Wow. Like five, like a lead, a lead person. And I think four trainers, because, you know, Cats are very hard to train and like no. they do positive reinforcement with treats and food. So you can only do that so many times before they just don't care because they're cats, you know? Sure. Um, well, and you had to have different cats, for different actions. One has to be able to work a turntable. One has to be able to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's very specific training. <laughs> um, Marika, where do you stand with cats? Uh, I'm highly allergic to cats. That's where I stand. Mm. I like them, but I'm right. super allergic. So it's a tricky, it's a tricky relationship, but I like them. I say this and I kind of hate them too. I've gotten scratched by one too many cats. Well, they're mm. cats, right? I know, but I don't like that kind of abusive relationship. I, I think anybody who loves cats, who also doesn't hate cats is a crazy person. Yeah. I can see that. I, I had a cat for a long time. Uh, it belonged to, it belonged to Allie before before we we got together so i had like 7 years with this cat and this cat loved me at first which ingratiated uh Allie to me because she was like oh my my little black cat loves this guy um but like it was a it was a serious love hate relationship because you know mm -hmm. everything's on their terms all the time there i i have 
I have two friends. It's interesting. Uh, I have two friends. They both have cats that are very much like dogs and they're very sociable and like want to hang out with you. But every other cat is fits the fits the cat yeah. description of like mm-hmm. you're gonna scratch the shit out of you, but then they'll cuddle up to you, but then you you know they'll piss on something of yours if yeah. you make them mad. I I want Marika just I want you to for just a second I want you to appreciate that there were so many small like immature jokes in there with Mike and Allie's cat and how the cat felt about Mike before she could warm up to Mike. I'd so, I I bit my tongue and lip the whole way through that for you. Round of applause. Thank you, Mickey. You're 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 you really are. Uh, <laughs> you're growing up. I'm growing up, guys. New levels of maturity. You're growing up. Speaking of new levels of maturity, uh, let's let's I guess let's let's uh, talk about the movie and its sections. Uh, let's start out with Quitters Inc. Um, uh, what do we think of Quitters Inc.? I mean, am I the only one who noticed that the slogan for Quitters Inc. is the final solution? I don't think I saw that. Yeah, May- I didn't. I don't think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the on the wall of the of the office. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like Quitters Inc. The final solution. <laughs> like they did not, they did not do that. <laughs> they did. They did. Well. I wanted to ask you guys, so at the beginning of that, when he's in the lobby waiting and that other guy's wife comes out, what do you think just happened to her? I have to, I have to think it was the electric shock. I don't think it was the other. Marika? I don't know, man. I, I think I know. I think it's, I think it is the rape yeah, because when the first offense is the electric shock and they... They they watch the video and it's in a private room where it's like the husband explains the situation. Right. So I think that wife seemed like she already knew. Like it it just had that and it had and it like it just had that terrible, terrible, terrible vibe to it. And then like that, that sort of like, oh, you know, I was a real heavy smoker, you know, and the fact that he's crying the way he is. And like, I don't know, man, it just so bad. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and, and uh, so about, about the rape stuff, this is what I found really weird. Okay. So I watched it, right. I watch it and then I'm like, oh man, that stayed with me. Right. And so then when I go to read the book and this is like a while after I had seen the movie, when I read the, the short story, I'm reading the short story and in it, it's, there's no rape on the table. It's like, we, you know, we shock your wife. Then I think it's uh, it's like four stages, um, and I'm probably going to get it wrong. So, listener, like, don't have a cow. But it's like they shock the wife, then you beat up the wife, then you beat up his kid, and then they kill you. <laughs> what a messed up like that's sort of like the steps, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm reading it, and I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, did I? Well, I'm reading it, and I'm like, did I? Did I like imagine the rape thing? And what does that say about me if I? imagine the rape thing as like as like a thing so then when when i watched it again for this i was like oh no this is just that like sleazy dino dino de laurentis like italian exploitation horror like we got to throw some sex in here so like let's have a rape you know that'll make it more uh sensational mm-hmm. and you know do we need the like especially in quitters yeah. inc it's like 
women are just objects in that story. Even in even in the book, they're just like they. They're well, not I mean, people. the whole idea is that your spouse will pay for your um, digressions in your attempt to quit smoking. It's all very weird. That's it's funny though. I, I found that 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 portion, like that film, felt like a short story for sure. Does that make sense? Like it didn't feel like a, it, it didn't feel like it. Obviously, it was a movie, but it felt like a short story. Yeah, I don't know. It would have been nice if they had actually thrown in like someone of the other sex trying to quit, so that you know this is also happening to the other sexes. Uh, but I also felt like it was the most satirical of the stories, mm-hmm. and I thought like in the like this in the hands of like someone like a Terry Gilliam or something would be incredible. You know, it, you could do something really because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's absurd, it's off the wall. And I'm not taking away from the, the director did a good job. I, I didn't mean to say that he didn't do a good job. I just thought it is it, trying to fit that into the anthology is difficult because you don't want to go so crazy with your with your genres or your or your styles that you're making people just feel like it, the gears are shifting too fast for them. But that that Quitter's Inc. lends itself to such an absurdist approach that that could be a really fun story to explore again now. Yeah. In a modern time, with a probably maybe even a more absurd, satirical nature, up the the, the comedy a little bit, up the absurdity, mm-hmm. you know. Because I mean, I, like I said, I, I actually really enjoyed Quitters Inc. <laughs> Turn down the rate. Maybe maybe just go back to the original. Yeah, maybe go back to the original source. Also, also. Turn down the rate. And then like turn. You don't need the rate. Turn down the the references to the Holocaust just for fun while we're at it. Mm. <laughs> Like, take out the fact that your kid is mentally handicapped. That doesn't... Well, I mean, you don't have to take... But it's like, I don't see yeah. how that adds to anything in Was the story. That, see, you know I what feel I mean? like... Now I'd want to read the, the, the story. Yeah. Just to see, like, how different it is from... I mean, you should. It's it's but, real but, quick. It's but, a quick no, read. From what, they, from what they shot, you know? No, it's very it's very, very similar. I, I, yeah. I don't want to mine this too hard. I, 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 this is definitely an episode about Cat's Eye and not about Quitter's Inc. But think about Quitter's Inc. in, like, a modern-day tale of like you know facial recognition cameras on every street it's like you could really go into that like paranoia you know social media just like all of it like you know and you know i don't know it could be i'm not you know we're not making a movie i'm not saying that i'm just saying i think that quitters inc was really fascinating in its satirical nature about like our obsession with you know i saw it as and maybe this is coming from my own like personal bias but i also saw in it stories of of our obsessive compulsive behavior towards dieting, towards fitness, towards like, you know, like how far will we go to like, you know, do these things that we think are the are the health conscious way or they're we feel pressured into them by society saying like, you know, like how far will you go to be a vegan? And I don't want to get into all that. <laughs> Listen, Mickey. Mickey, Mickey, we work with you and we we know like you know how much money we make. So stop pitching us this movie. We we can't really finance it. <laughs> I mean, but I love it's a great idea. Just bring it to somebody else. All right, Marika as a James Woods character, you as the daughter. <laughs> this is gonna work. Perfect. This is gonna work. Um, Perfect casting. I love it. So now you you both were smokers. Yeah. Right. Mickey, Mickey was a heavy smoker. Marika, you weren't as heavy, right? I was. I mean, I don't know how I I don't know how heavy Mickey was, but um, I wasn't really. I was. I was. Yeah. Okay, so you both were heavy smokers. I was like a casual smoker at one point. I was never really like a smoker the way you guys were. How did you like 
connect with identify with like this story in its absurdity and like the links one must go to implementing like mafia tactics to like get you to quit like well how tell me about that nikki do you still smoke no i i I quit um it was a year ago in february so like a year and a half okay and you haven't smoked at all since uh i had a cigar one cigar since that's okay and that didn't like kick off uh no no actually i woke up the next day and i was like oh my god i feel like somebody just took a shit in my mouth (laughs) (laughs) that's what it's like man (laughs) it is it's so gross i went on this uh uh a cruise with ali once and i i do not i'm not a cruise person i hate cruises i was forced to go um but uh, uh, I smoked cigars with uh, her, uh, her brother-in-law one night. And uh, I remember, you know, we're in this small cabin on the boat. And she's like, you got to, like, wash your face and brush your mouth again. And, like, I, I got, like, Dr. Branner's soap. I, that's what I use. And I literally used the soap because I had already brushed my teeth and washed my face. I used the soap on the toothbrush Ew. and just, like, scrubbed my mouth that's trying disgusting. to get the cigar, like, you know, because she was like – I didn't want to, because she was like, I can't sleep with you next to me, you reek. <laughs> That's super gross, though. It's not that bad. I mean, Dr. Brenner's soap is real natural. It's it's like, and I had to wash my mouth out a lot as a kid, a lot. My my old school Italian parents. I'm putting out a public service announcement. <laughs> Do not wash your mouth out with soap by your own accord. Dr. Brenner's. Dr. Branders even like puts it on like if you can use their stuff for all sorts of stuff. They say you can brush your teeth with it. It's totally safe to. Is it great? No, but it does the job. <laughs> but back 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 to like back to you, Mickey. Like uh, and, and Marika quitting smoking. quitting quitting smoking and connecting with this story and like I you know identify identifying moments and things like that. The thing the thing I identified with the most in that was uh, was. Uh, the evening after he goes sees the doctor for the first time, doctor, whatever the um, quitters ink for the first time he's there. Yeah. It's Dr. Vinny played by Alan King, a marvelous performance by Alan King, but he's sitting on the couch watching TV and he spills a little bourbon on his shirt. He's kind of like just short and like flipping out a little bit. And she's like, when's the last time he smoked? He's like, oh, it's been like four or five hours, whatever, six hours. And she, you know, she's like, Oh, it's, you know, he's quitting for her. I, I did identify with like, you, you have this, when I would try to quit, it would be like six hours in of trying to quit and everything annoys you. Everybody gets on your nerves. All you can think <laughs> about is like, is like, screw it all. I should just have a cigarette because you all suck so bad. Everything sucks so bad without a cigarette. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's why, it's why I chewed Nicorette for a year after. But, um, but no, but then you eventually just get there that you're just like, you get past all that. So I, I did think, I did believe in the storyline, how he like, really struggles early on, even with all the consequences that come. He, I, I feel like he had to actually suffer some kind of consequence to feel the reality of it because it is that easy for you. I mean, people tell you all the time, you're you're going to die. If you smoke around your kids, you can give them lung cancer. You can hurt people with this, and you still just keep on doing it because it's something you're addicted to. It's like you have to almost have to see the consequences or feel the consequences before you actually decide that this is not worth it. Let's say you were in that situation that um, uh, uh, Dick Morrison is in, James Woods' character. Like, I feel like with your training and your reflexes, you could have, like, taken those guys out and not had to go through what he goes through. What do you think about that? 
you know, uh, you're also dealing with some stress from that, from seeing your, your wife being shocked. So you're probably going to, it's probably going to play into your decision-making a little bit where you may be a nicotine, little, nicotine withdrawal, nicotine withdrawal. So, so he has a lot stacked against him. I definitely would have gone, I, I would have taken the doctor first and probably put him in a chokehold, like a blood hold, like a blood strangle, you know, where you can like 13 seconds, knock him out. And then I would have used his body as a shield against the other guy with the gun. So if he shot, he'd have to shoot the yeah, he'd have to shoot the doctor. And then I would have creeped up on him with that as my shield. And then once I was close enough, I would uh, have taken the gun out of his hand and then freed my wife. It would have turned into like a taken type of story movie. You know what I mean? Where you just go, you just go killing the whole organization off. And and like the end of the movie, you're all covered in blood. You're sitting there and like you light up the fucking cigarette. just covered in blood smoke there's a building burning behind you cops are like what's going on and you just like (laughs) you light up a cigarette and you're like i don't know we need a line there we need a line quitters never win you're stallone now you know quitters never win amazing (laughs) marika how did you identify with like the with this section i mean it's all a bit intense I know you want to yeah. quit, but yeah. like, Jesus. <laughs> I wouldn't be like, okay, I guess, I guess this is the only way. <laughs> like, did, um, I, I also suspect that in 1985, <laughs> like, patches existed or nicotine gum existed or like, there, there are other ways. There are other ways before, like, okay, I guess you'll have to rape my wife. Like, what? Um... I don't think they did. Well, certainly some kind of quitting cessation or something, yeah. In the 80s, I think so. But anyway, regardless. Um, I mean, I related to the bit where he's at the party and everyone's smoking. And I think that's the thing, right? Like, in, in 85, in the 80s, even in the 90s, like, everyone smoked. I mean, I think that's when I quit that smoking. That party was ridiculous. It was great. But, th- like, that when I quit smoking, that was the hardest part, is when I would have a drink. Because those two go hand in hand. And then being around other people that smoked. Because those like those are the situations where it's actually really nice to have a cigarette. I wouldn't have signed up. <laughs> after dinner, after dinner, when you pour that bourbon and you're going to sit on the couch and watch yeah. TV, that's when you're like, oh, I need my smoke. I need, I need my cig. After mm. a big meal. Man, we should start smoking again. <laughs> <laughs> we all smoke it. Oh no! Oh no! Let's guys. do this, okay. Marika. I'm buying you a pack. You buy me a pack. We gotta, we gotta move on. We gotta move on. We gotta yeah. move on. So from one from one bad habit to another. <laughs> yeah, from smoking to gambling. Oh, the gambling. Um, I just wanted to, a quick shout out to James Not Notton. He played Hugh yeah. in the party scene. He's like a character actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff. I loved seeing him. Uh, oh yeah, great in that section. Great. Um, so yes, the ledge. The gambling section. So act two. With with uh, uh, the great Kenneth McMillan, who plays Kressner um, and Robert Hayes. And like, did you guys know that Charles Dutton was in this? I didn't. I saw him in the when I was looking up the credits. And I was like, Charles Dutton, he wasn't in this movie. Who was he in? Exactly. He's so he's got. So, you know, do you know who Charles Dutton is? Oh, yeah. Alien three. Alien three. He's in Rudy. He's like he's like. A great actor, and I was like, I don't remember a uh, 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 a person of color being in this film at all. 
So like the fact that there was an actual like character that has a name and he's in the credits, but then it turns out in, in the lead section, when uh, the guy from Dumb and Dumber, Mike Starr, Ducky, yeah. when he punches, uh, when he yeah. punches uh, yeah. um, uh, uh, John, Johnny Norris, uh, played by uh, Robert Hayes. The great Robert you Hayes. You know, uh, 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 pigs can't eat it because they, what, what's the line he says? Uh, he says, um, some is for horses, some is for cows, pigs don't eat it because they can't figure out how. Yeah, it's, it's one of those like Stephen King trying to be funny. Like I love Stephen King, but when he is intentionally trying, <laughs> trying to be funny with funny lines, it's never fucking funny to me. Anyways, so Charles Dutton is the other guy who like helps kidnap. Oh my gosh, uh, no Johnny way. Norris. He's got a go- yeah. and and he he's, oh, he's wow. not recognizable because he has a he has a goatee. I, in my mind, when you think about uh, Charles Dutton, he's usually clean shaven. You know. And he has such an amazing voice, but in this, he's got like one uh, like he's a great actor, and he should have had a huge career, uh, like uh, Denzel or something like. But uh, uh, he didn't, unfortunately. But anyways, great actor, Charles Dutton. He's in the movie. I totally missed him. I had to go back to the section and see if it was actually him, and he is in it briefly. Briefly, he's got like a line. Um, so. The Ledge. Great. I thought it was a great adaptation of the story. The story is really cool. It's a cool short story. Did this one feel like a short story to you, Marika? I mean, if I'm being fully honest, of the three, The Ledge is definitely my least favorite. I mean, you're in you're in good company. A lot a lot of people agree with you on that. I, I as I was watching it, I was actually trying to picture how that would be written, and it in my mind it felt like just as boring a read as it was a, a watch <laughs> i really didn't like the second one <laughs> i i don't it it really isn't and it's it's because you can go into like the whole section with the bird he you you go into he goes into like you live in a city and you deal with pigeons right you understand the relationship you have with a pigeon right and how that he works that into this story in the pigeon section of him going around the ledge. He he, it's a good short story. The the pigeon is the best part of that whole thing. I think it was the 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 one part where I was watching okay. and I was going, "Oh man, that's messed up." My favorite line from the whole movie is in that section. Which which is, you flying shit house. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, a pigeon for me is a flying shit house. (laughs) I like it. I don't know. What did you guys think of it in 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 relation to the other two, or on its own? What do you What did you think of it? I thought of of the ledge the way the same way I talk about Quitters Inc. being like a Terry Gilliam would like have a field day with that, or somebody who just does the absurd in a way where it's like intoxicating. Uh, I felt like something like The Ledge uh, being done by like a Scorsese or somebody like mm-hmm. that could be like a really kind of interesting, like like a, a suspense drama, uh, you know, set in this like crime boss. I don't know. I, I actually kind of like the story coming off of Quitter's Inc. And in between the general, it does kind of drag the whole thing down. But I don't mind it as a standalone. It's another one of those things where I'm like, as an anthology, these movies... They're not a great anthology. Mm-hmm. They kind of, I think, detract from each other because I do think The Ledge is a good story. I, I rather enjoyed it. You know, it's like it's interesting. 
I, I agree. I agree with you. Like at the beginning in Quitters Inc., where uh, Drew Barrymore is like in the mannequin, and she's like, "You need to help me to the cat." I'm like, "This is the weakest of like that the connect the connection of the three yeah. don't really work for me that much." Mm-hmm. Um, but a, as standalones, yes, and also Mickey. I mean, what a uh, innovative thing to come up with that like so, a master filmmaker like Martin Scorsese could make uh, something like the ledge interesting. I mean, that's a really interesting take to get like a master <laughs> filmmaker and like them take a story and they'll make it good. It was funny because when you said that, I was like, yes, that would be amazing. But then it's like, yes, of course it would be. Cause it's fucking Martin Scorsese. Um, It'd be, it's Scorsese. It's DiCaprio. And, and, and the mob boss is De Niro. It's going to work. People. DiCaprio's the cat. DiCaprio's the cat. It's going to be huge. <laughs> yeah, so do, do we have anything else to say about uh, The Ledge? I mean, I did like when at the at the very end when he falls off the building and then you get the honk mm. from the horn. Yeah. I thought that was... Yeah. I, that, was, that was a nice touch. It was a good, you know, it was a good button. I, I will also say that that the director, because I, I keep talking about these standalone films under another director. I do want to say that the director did a really good job of making them feel like like separated, different. I mean, he did give to the genres and the styles, and and he did mix it up. So, kudos to him. Yeah, Louis Louis Teague, who previously did Cujo, who makes an appearance in this movie. Does, Cujo does. does. Yeah. So okay. At the very Real, beginning. Oh, in the beginning, yeah. and he's the dog in the beginning, and also Chris Christine. The 1958 Red Plymouth Fury, Christine, makes an appearance during that section. Um, uh, Saint, uh, Saint well, so Stephen, does, so does Christopher Walken. Yes, in in Quitter Zeke, he's, she's, he's watching the Dead Zone when you were like when he's like all frustrated and stuff. James Woods, and then uh, uh, Saint Stephen's School for the Exceptional, established in 1939, is a year that's significant to a character in Salem's Lot. And then, of course, in the last section, which uh, I think we're going to start talking about now if we're done with the ledge, uh, the mom is reading Pet Cemetery, which yep. kind of explains why she is such a jerk about the cat. <laughs> I totally went over my head. I totally missed Yeah, that. when like when the husband and wife are in bed, she's reading uh, Pet Cemetery, And it's like, oh, that's probably why she hates this cat. Because she's like reading pets. That's a, And that's a brutal. Sure. That is that's Stephen King is like, this is my scariest book, in my opinion, because it's the subject matter is terrifying to me because I'm a father, you know, because it's about the loss of a child. And it's like it is like a fucking bummer. That book is so utterly bleak and depressing. Uh, Give it a read. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great one to put to put on before you go to. bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a great it's a great thing to read when you have like a little kid, right? <laughs> um, so let's get into uh, General, which is the name of the cat. So General, uh, Marika, this is like perfect mm. right now because the way the light is hitting you, you it's like it's like a church-like angelic thing. Because I'm about <laughs> to ask you, what was it like going into this section? It was really exciting. Like I said, it was. I I wanted to. I don't know when you have something that's in your mind and has been there for decades. It's exciting. It's exciting to to see how your what your memory retained over all that time. And like I said, I didn't remember the first two at all. 
and I I remembered very little of of general. I did remember like the hole in the wall that would that appears like where he comes out of. I didn't even really remember what he looked like. I remember him being freaky, but that was about it. And the the breath thing, I didn't remember how it ended. I didn't remember like I I remembered very very little. So it was really yeah, it was really cool seeing it. It was a really strong concept, and I thought the execution of it was phenomenal. Like, with the giant sets for the troll, and the the acrobatics were hilarious. (laughs) Like, I don't know, I I found that that one hit a tone that was really delightful, while being creepy. So that's why, and I mean, beyond the fact that it's something that I remember, I think it, it was the best... The, the most well-executed one. And I thought Drew Barrymore was fantastic in that one. Um, yeah, all around, I just thought there were some really, really great set pieces. And again, it traumatized me as a child, so kudos. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, well, what did you think? Because was, this was your first time seeing it, right? I ish maybe it was i think that that the general could be its own or, or general could be its own film i think that it has a three my three favorite things in a child fright it has the kid knows something the adults don't the kid is more aware than the adults are it's one of my favorite tropes they do in these kid movies because it always makes me me be nostalgic number one for being a kid and being like no i know what i saw don't tell me i don't number two it makes me feel like i need to listen to my kids better <laughs> <laughs> the second thing is, uh, besides that, it has a cool monster. I think that that's really important in Child Fright. The monster can't just be like some uh, heady peripheral thing or something that we never see. You know, no kids need a visceral monster to fear, right? So they bring you a monster you can fear. And then number three, yeah. practical effects. I know they used a green screen. They did a lot of green yes. screen stuff, which I thought they did a fantastic job of. I thought it held up really well. I don't know if you guys, I watched it on Amazon Prime. I thought it looked I mean, me too. You can tell it's aged, but it looks good. Like they did a good job with it. And and I thought the monster looked good. And uh I love that they actually have had it be a person with the with the, you know, the scaled up objects. I just thought it was I I, I think mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah. It's like that thing will outlast a lot of like more modern horror films that are all CG. As far as child fright goes, I totally get it. I'm totally on board. It's a good child fright. I also thought that it was great at the end because they could have done a cop out like after the troll goes through the fan and then the parents come in. She's like, no, there's a monster, blah, blah, blah. And I I kind of expected that ending to be a cop out of like, oh, there's nothing here or you know what I mean? And But it ends and there's a little arm and so the parents have to believe her. And I thought that was really great. I, that was really satisfying to me that they didn't cop it out. So I, I loved the last section too. I thought it was wonderful. I thought it builds this mythology of, these, of, of this creature without like spoon feeding and like wasting a lot of time talking about it. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's these like evil magical creatures who like come into like perfect i'm and i am so happy i did not see this as a kid it would have like i i couldn't have handled this this would have really like (laughs) this would have this would have this would have like i'm telling you like oh god and um uh i love it strikes a perfect as an adult watching it it strikes a perfect tone yes of like 
spooky, scary, funny, goofy, you know, like it, it, it like hits all these things for me that like work really well. Yeah. And it's like stereotypical, but like not, what am I trying to say here? Like, like the mom, she's like kind of annoying, but like they do justify her reasonings. You know, I looked at at the last one as kind of like being a kid watching it, and she totally works for that kind of child fright, right? Like, if I were watching it as an adult, judging her as an adult, yeah. I'd be like, she obviously has like serious issues. With yeah, that she needs to work on. But that sounds like I can easily see my my kids being like, always nagging on me about cats. You know, it's like <laughs> it's very much like from that it fit. Yeah, general was cute as hell. But yes, it would have traumatized you, and you would be afraid of. Of dying in your sleep. Well, I, I tell you what I loved. What'd you love? I loved the sounds the troll made. Yeah. And I wanted to see if any of you could do those sounds. Can can you can you guys like can for our listeners at home, can can one of uh, you you're you're trained in, in the ways of voice manipulation. Can any of you do the sounds of the trolls? <laughs> I I I I I think I could if I listened to it, but I don't remember what it sounds like. I, I can. Can you? I'll cut it out if you just want to try. I'll cut it out. I don't. I don't know that I can. No, but I'll cut I it out. But I, I don't. I don't remember what he sounds like, so I would just be doing my version of what I think that sounds like. You know what I mean? He, he sounds like he sounds like a high pitched like. Yeah. <laughs> yes that was it yeah do you know who that was by the way (laughs) can we do the rest of the podcast in that voice Oh my god. So that's Frank Welkard who does the voice of the troll. Voiceover actor, he's done everything. Most famous for doing Fred from Scooby Doo. Um oh. I could not find out who's like actually in the suit. I imagine it's a stuntman or a team of stuntmen. Um, but like there's not a ton of information on this on this movie. Like like there you're not gonna find a a a, a, a laser disc or DVD extra that like breaks down like the special effects of this film, oh. you know, which is interesting well, because that, like you said, like all the sets they must have built. Yeah. So the, the guy who played the troll is Daniel Rogers. He was in star Wars episode six return of the Jedi. And this is spinal tap. Oh, well, there you go. You figured that out pretty quickly. He played an Ewok in star Wars. Is he a little person? I I'm assuming. Okay. I, so this this is I figured it was a little person because there's a little person in the uh, in Quitters Inc in the at the party with the cigars. There's a little person who lights a woman's cigarette, and I'm like, I'm, the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, is that the guy who's in the suit? Oh, maybe I, I would also I would I would also I probably is, like maybe. put out there that based on the green screen work, based on the Ewok stuff, based on the sound because they kind of sound a little bit like Ewoky. I'd say that probably. George Lucas, Light Magic. Oh my gosh, ELM, right? Uh, Electric Light and Magic, his yeah. company. Is that right? I, I think so. I think that's right. it. Anyway, well, uh, I, I would be. I don't know. Be shocked if they know. weren't behind some of the special effects in this. Oh, isn't it Industrial Light and Magic? 
Industrial, yes, industrial, not electric. Yes, I, I'm thinking ELO, electric light orchestra. There you go. <laughs> industrial light. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically the same thing. Same thing. But um, who probably also had a hand in this film? Let's just face it. Um. Also, just for for historical accuracy. Let's Back in it. 85, it would have been a blue screen and not a green screen. Thank you for that. Green screen came later. That was that was a little bit of, that was a knowledge That's drop. My job. That's yep. a researcher right there, people. <laughs> um, I also did love when the troll, I think it's after he stabs the cat and he goes to leave and he goes, meow. <laughs> I can't do the voice. That was so he good. meows at the cat. That was I good. That was so great. Meow. It's... <laughs> It was so, see, but that's why, like, I feel like, as much as this story traumatized me as a child, I thought it was hilarious. But it's like creepy as well. But it's it, there's tons of humor in it. It's so great. I loved it. I was about to. I was just about to ask you, Marika. Like, what do you take away uh, from this experience of revisiting? That this? as soon as I have a kid and that kid turns six, I'm making him. Watch Cat's Eye. But not the whole thing, just Quitter's Inc., right? Just yeah, Quitter's exactly. Inc. <laughs> um, exactly. Super appropriate. No, I, it's, it's, I was just glad that it lived up to my expectations. And that, because it could have been bad. It could have been, like, something that traumatized me as a kid that I thought was impressive in, you know, with the seven-year-old brain watching this movie. But... It not only like matched my expectations, but it actually surpassed them because of that element of humor, because of Drew Barrymore, because of the cat, because of the giant set pieces and like the gymnastics and the, I thought, yeah, I was actually super pleasantly surprised. So I'm really glad. And I feel like that won't always be the case if I'm rewatching stuff that I have like a vague memory of, but I was very, very happy that this one was was one of the good ones. Did the song, did the cover of uh, Every Step You Take, is that yep. the name of the song? The the, the police yep. song? It's like a cover. It, you guys noticed that it was a cover yes. and they couldn't afford the rights to the Like, yes. what'd you guys think of that? I mean, I love the choice of the song. Well, it comes, it, it goes. But the cover was a It little. comes in twice. You know, they, they brought it back. It was kind of like the theme of the of the movie. Yeah, I mean, actually, I, I do love that song, and I think that song belongs in all kinds of horror films because that song is creepy. It is a cover, and obviously, it started. I was like, "Oh yeah, it's a good, it's a good song," and I went, "Oh wait, this isn't the original." But it's so funny because it's a cover that is clearly trying very hard to sound like the original. <laughs> like they didn't go in another direction with it. <laughs> They're like, "We're just gonna re-record this song mm-hmm. exactly the same way." But I am not staying, nope. therefore. <laughs> like... I, I will say the pretentious part of me doesn't want to admit this, but the non-pretentious part of me is going to say that until we just had this conversation, I didn't realize it was being covered. Oh. Wait, there's a, wow. there's a non-pretentious part of you? I just let it out. You just saw it for the first time. <laughs> um. It, but it's a close cover. It is a close cover. The vo- but the vocals aren't exactly the same. But see, there you go. So then mission accomplished. Because yeah. you didn't notice. So. Oh, but when they sped it up to three times speed, it sounded just like when I speed my own police records up to three times speed. 
the way they were meant to be listened to. <laughs> At the video store, if you come in during Mickey's happy hour, he he does uh, he speeds up some police, <laughs> and then he goes he goes over the 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 intercom. Uh, <laughs> Can we, can there just be, can we just like put this out there for people? If you want to make a cat's eye sequel and it's just the troll singing along at three times speed, a bunch of records, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm in. I totally watched that. So who do we recommend this movie to? Who's coming in, who's coming in through that door when the bell rings? Who are you going to say, you need to check out cat's eye? Mickey, you go first. Buddy. I'm going to say that... When I see a 30-something-year-old come in with their young daughter, who's probably sub-10, maybe just at 10, I would say, do you like Labyrinth? Do you like, you know, um, Dark Crystal? Are you, are you into this kind of stuff? Do you like Jim Henson? Rent Cat's Eye. Just what, watch the last one? Literally, like pop <laughs> popcorn during Quitter's Inc.? And, and like, you know, just kind of like kind of try to enjoy it. Maybe have the conversation if you want to with it. When the ledge comes up, maybe that's a great time to be like, oh, go refill your soda. Let's go make a Coke float. Let's go make a <laughs> s'more on the fire. We can start a fire, make a s'more during that. Then walk back up. Watch General. Watch General because the movie pays off in dividends for a child fright in that last, in that third act of, or that third and th- that third film. The other two don't fit that for me. But that third one fits it to a T so well that you should not ignore it because of the first two installations. Why female? Because I think that... The, no, I want to know why Absolutely, female. because I think there are a lot of movies where young boys have lots of like young boys who do these kinds of movies. This one is a young girl. Young girls need to see young girls being the powerful one that's telling the mom. that. And I'm not saying Monster Squad didn't have a young, strong girl too, but the movie was about the boys for you know the large majority of it. So I think in this particular third act or third, you know, installation of the yeah. anthology, we are all rooting for. Um, oh, what's Drew Barrymore's name? I don't our, even know. Our girl, I think. Amanda. Oh, she does have a name in the third one. Our our girl, but it's I think it's her name Amanda. is Amanda. Okay, so Amanda, it's 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 powerful for young girls to see like a young girl being the not just the heroine, but just like the, the whole lead carrying the whole thing, you know, it's like, it's good. Yeah. That's, that's totally what I got out of that, out of that movie when I was seven years old watching this movie. No, what I got out yeah. of this movie and nobody in monster squad, <sighs> nobody in monster squad comes close. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm trying to be like, yeah, what I'm saying is I, I get what you're saying, but like what I got out of this was nightmares for the rest of your life. I'm I, I, I'm just saying, nobody nobody in Monster Squad nobody in Monster Squad comes close to Drew Barrymore's performance. Like that's what Monster Squad was missing was like an extremely strong strong performance from like a like an amazing act child actor, in my opinion. I'll also say to Marika, who are you to tell me about my feminism? Jesus Christ! <laughs> Marika just gave me. Marika just gave me like a serious um, cat's yes, eye. Cover your mouth. <laughs> cover your mouth. He's and joking. Shame. He's being an idiot. Cover your fucking mouth and shame, you piece of shit. <laughs> no, but seriously, I get I get what you think you're saying, but <laughs> but the reality is, and I mean, 
again, I don't know how old I was. I was, I think at the oldest I would have been maybe eight. I was like six or seven or eight. And I did not walk out of that going, oh man, what a powerful little girl. Because the, the little girl doesn't, like, the cat saved her life. But I didn't, I didn't come out of it going like, wow, what a hero. A point. She, like, she didn't, she, it was the cat. And I, I just was living with this psychological. Yeah, she's a blackmailer. With this psycho, with this psychological scars of this movie until now, and now I'm still convinced that a cat will take my breath while I'm sleeping. I don't know, man. Oh, they might. They might. They'll eat your face if you die. Yeah. Sure. Well, that I know, but I don't know. And I also. So who do you who do you recommend this movie to? Who walks in? Me. Yes. I don't know, man. It's a tough I think it's it's a bit of a tough sell. I think that people who love Stephen King will will like it. But like I said, the problem is that it's just so tonally all over the place that you can't you can't sell it as I mean, I think what Mickey said is right. <laughs> like just watch the last one with your kid. I would go over 10, but anyway, that's that's just me. But then like, the first two have nothing to do tonally or content-wise with what it accomplishes with general. So I think that if you're a fan of Stephen King, it's worth a watch. I don't know. I, I want to recommend it to kids. I want to recommend general to kids. But knowing what it did to me, <laughs> I don't know that I could. I don't know that I could in good conscience. Unless they're a bit older. Like, but it's that, it's that fine line where, like, you're not quite a teenager. I think I was just too young. I think 10, 10, 10, 12 might be a sweet spot. Where you're at that age where you probably won't believe that a troll is going to come steal your breath while you sleep. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you do. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a... So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something very controversial. As a parent of kids, am I wrong... If I think part of the fun is the fact that they believe that it could be real. I, I hear you. I don't have kids, but I hear what you're saying. Uh, and, and to to add to what Marika was saying, I would say, like, I totally, I totally hear you, Marika. And, like, I hated scary movies as a kid because they scarred me. But is being scarred by a horror film a rite of passage? in your childhood. I don't think it needs to be. <laughs> does it teach us about things? Yeah, but does it does it teach us valuable lessons through through films, through books, through, through stories in general of like love like life and death, like good and good and bad, like like things that might scar us but ultimately protect us. Dude, that's or or a young woman who is or a young woman who is telling her parents of something that's happening and they're not listening to her or ignoring her and you as a young girl who were trying to say something to your okay, parents. Nikki, <laughs> we've already established that that's not what happened for me. Okay. <laughs> I see what you're saying. It's a great point, but uh, the living proof is for Marika, it didn't work out so well. Okay. <laughs> Until what? However many years later, we won't say however many years later, but a quite, you know, a bit of time. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. I I hear you, Marika. I 
someone walking into the store that I would recommend this to is like the the person who's renting um, Creep Show for like the sixth time. I'm like, hey, yes, like agreed. First of all, uh, uh, first of all, thank you for your. You business. must have seen Tales from the Dark Side, which is like <laughs> really the third installment. Yes. Um, of of creep show. Uh, uh, so if you've already seen Tales from the Dark Side, which is also a great great anthology film, um, you need a you need a new anthology film that maybe you haven't seen before. Check out Cat's Eye because I think it's worth it. I think uh, like I this was a gem for me. I'm so I'm so happy I didn't see it until a year and a half ago. You know, it was like such a great experiencing experience watching it for the first time as an adult. Um, but yeah, we we have like a warning label in our child fright section that yes, it's child fright. So like, don't come to me complaining about this movie your kid watched. It's not a kids section; it's child fright. Okay, read into that. You want to traumatize your kids? Pick something off the child fright section. <laughs> quick, quick, quick pop quiz type question oh before we close it out what is the perfect snack to eat with this movie is there like a definitive answer or is this just like an, a, a subjective in my opinion no am i am in my opinion there is a subjective de- definitive answer that is based off of some sense reese's pieces Okay, Marika says Reese's Pieces. Mickey. I don't know where you're going with this, but I'm going to just say popcorn. Mickey's the closest. I'm going to it's Jiffy Pop. One, because I made Jiffy Pop because it's summertime and Allie and I have been camping. We've been making Jiffy Pop over the fire. It's one of the most – Jiffy Pop over an actual fire is like one of the most amazing things. But, but there's, there's a reason for this. Drew Barrymore, right? Famously makes Jiffy Pop in what movie before she is murdered? Scream. Spoiler spoiler alerts. Yes, for Scream. So it just makes sense to have Jiffy Pop when you watch this movie. It's a throwback to 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 the era. See, I was going Reese's Pieces because of E.T. Yes, I also liked your nostalgic Drew Barrymore throwback as well to E.T. I could also say that you could just do, you should just be eating anything that you're roasting over a fire you started in your own house. That's a throwback to Firestarter. And children, please don't start a fire in your house under parent supervision always. And because we have a huge ton of kids listen to this podcast. Children, don't. Don't listen to this podcast. At the end of the, the, end of the podcast, we have the children. We're, we're really big podcast. in okay, the uh, right. six six to twelve demographic. Uh, Marika, could you could you um, maybe uh, uh, give us a, a, a you know let's, let's say goodbye to our listeners and uh, do an outro with Marika saying something in French about like how children shouldn't listen to this podcast and how you know the child fright section. And like, you know, you got to face your fears at some point so that you can conquer them. Something like that. You uh, throw a mix in. Yeah. Something about the store, maybe something about like the, the workers. 
yeah, yeah, something yeah, about myself and Michelangelo, how like we have like got big muscles. I mean, whatever you're feeling, you know, cat's eye, you know, well, all that stuff. Is it cat eye or cat's eye? I, I don't think in French there's a differentiation between cat's eye and cat eye. I think it's the same. I think that's why I made that mistake, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Mickey. But Marika, if you if you if you get us outro in French, that'd be great. Anything you want to do. Are we done here? I mean, as soon as you do our outro, yes. Merci d'avoir écouté. Bonne soirée. That's it. <laughs> okay, thank you. Great. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening.